0: Official pod is presented by win betting is a team sport bet together at win Eric Allen here at one jet's drive with one of the busiest men in the national football league. That's assistant GM Rex Hogan. Thanks for being here as always. What's it been like the last couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, I think everybody's been busy. It's uh, it's chaos, but it, it's a <laughs> controlled chaos. It, it's fun, man. It's you know the scouts come back in, and we have meetings with the coaches, and leads up to the draft, and the, then the draft itself, and then the the fury of post draft getting undrafted free agents signed, and in, in addition to to balancing the uh, some of the free agents who we we've recently have uh, signed as well. But you've been doing this for a couple of decades.
0: Can you take me through Monday, where you guys actually we're going to tape a podcast on Monday and. Yeah. It, you, you told me you're a little bit busy yeah. and then yeah. a couple minutes later we see yeah. Adam Schefter reporting a deal <laughs> between the Jets and the Packers exactly and then it's officially announced on Tuesday press
1: conference on Wednesday and oh by the way you have a draft on Thursday yeah no, you know just all mix it all together and let's roll so we j- we just adapt man our, our college college scouts our pro scouts our player personnel department does an unbelievable job of being able to balance everything and adjusting to what needs whatever hat needs to be worn and how we we take each piece of the puzzle leading up to the draft and then go straight to the draft.
0: You guys have been working on Rogers for a long time, and when it was finalized, what's the reaction in the room amongst you and Joe and Naj and Chad
1: Alexander and company? Yeah. Well, Joe had to step out of a meeting to to finalize some calls with it. And uh, we were still in there waiting. And so I was able to step out and see him and just had this huge smile on his face. And it was just like this sense of relief, like we got it done. Right. And so then just brought him in, man. Everybody was clapping, cheering, you know, hugs and high fives. And the excitement of that room w- was pretty cool, man. It was a special moment to to see that after the work that, it, that Joe had put into it in terms of negotiations with, with the Packers. So it was a cool moment. It was really good to be a part of it.
0: Can you take us inside January where, Hey, listen, everybody from a leadership perspective, starting with Woody Johnson said, Hey, quarterback's been the missing piece for us. And Robert and Joe articulated that, listen, we're going to be on the, hunt for a veteran quarterback. So can you take me through the the stages here, going yeah, back to January? I mean,
1: obviously we couldn't have done it without the support of Woody and Christopher, right? To get the okay. Uh, Cause it, you know, it's a, a huge undertaking to take that step. And they were, they were awesome. Incredible. I mean, I, I don't think adjectives describe how, how we feel about what they, the way we've done and, and given us the opportunity to do, but, you know, getting, you know, setting that up first and then, you know, talking to the coaching staff and then you know, hiring Nathaniel Hackett and Todd Downing, uh, uh, Zach Azani, you know, adding to our offensive coaches staffs and, what their philosophy is going to be and and how that would would marry up with the available quarterbacks and free agents and you know obviously it worked out but it was cool just to to go through that process and and to hear their individual perspectives and experiences with with Aaron or or other free agent QBs and vet QBs so it was it was a meticulous process and discussions and and then uh, you know Joe spearheaded the the negotiation aspect with the, with the Packers and finally came to fruition like a lengthy time later. Obviously, you guys had to get
0: permission from the Packers to go out and talk to Rodgers because he's under contract at that time in March. But when he goes on Pat McAfee and declares his intentions that I'm going to play in the National Football League next year and I want to play for the Jets.
1: Yeah, it was – It was wild. I mean, you heard it here in the building. There were probably five of us packed in my office and it was like jubilation. We're like, yes. All right. Finally, (laughs) finally, we hear those words and and get to enjoy that moment. Uh, And then little did we know it'd be five to six weeks later before that all finalized. But definitely worth the wait. Can you talk about your experiences in the league? You were with
0: the Chicago Bears for more than a decade. What was it like competing against that guy?
1: Yeah, I I was asked that question at a press conference. I I think I answered with, you know, we got our hearts ripped out so many times by him uh, because what he does on the field and how any moment that, you know, he can throw a dart that's going to strike and it it could be six points. And the guy just... The way he sees the field, the presence that he has, the arm talent, the consistency, how he's done it over 18 years. Um, it's great to to be on this side of it now and, and see him hopefully rip some hearts out of some other opponents.
0: What would your report be if you had to write something up on Aaron Rodgers as far as the, those first couple graphs? Yeah, we,
1: we were talking about it, arguably the most natural passer in the history of the game or one of the most natural Passers in the history of the game. I mean, he can he can change arm slots. He can throw from different levels. Execution from the pocket, outside the pocket. If it's quick game, if he has like drops, if he needs to read the field, he he can do it all, man, and still do it at a high level even at this point of his career. Speaking of McAfee,
0: Peyton Manning was just on McAfee this week, and he said, "I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have success with the Jets," and he pointed to the familiarity with the system. How big is that because Aaron made it clear that he wanted to be here, but he's also come to a spot that has an offensive coordinator that he experienced a ton of success with, and he knows this system inside and out because we think of Manning. Yeah, they gave him the keys in Denver, but he had to merge some things there. And then Brady under Arians, that's a completely, totally new system system. as opposed to what he was doing in New England.
1: Yeah, that was huge for us because of the relationship with Hackett and the time that they've spent together in Green Bay, uh, the way Hackett understands Aaron, the way Aaron understands Hackett and what each one of them want and how they're on the same page. And we've already been able to see it and witness it here the last couple of days that uh, they've been on the field together and you know with the offense and just how Aaron understands it, how Hackett understands it, how Aaron's able to, to – communicate the smallest details to each one of the guys and how he interacts with the guys on on offense. And and then when he'll, he'll see some guys on defense, give them some subtle tips and reminders of, you know, how to play whatever coverage or whatever it may be. But it's really cool uh, to be able to, to step out to practice and, and see that, that interaction and that just his extreme ownership of the position and the offense.
0: What's he like as a guy, and obviously you're not his teammate, but you're watching the way – he communicates with those guys. One thing that struck me on draft weekend was Robert was saying, this is an extraordinary person. You can tell that he cares about the people around him.
1: Yeah, just standing off to the side or, you know, upstairs watching, you can see a, a unique ability to connect and relate to everybody, uh, whether it's it's Vito snapping the ball to him and then he flips around and, and is acting like he's rushing, a, rushing him as a defense lineman. Uh, the subtle communication that he'll have with the receivers or tight end or offensive line, and he'll slide over, and somebody else will be standing over on the side and talking. And the next thing you know, he's he's talking to Thomas Morstead, and probably I don't know what they were talking about, but I'm sure it's about yeah, hey, how many years you've been in the league, how many what have you know with Thomas's you know experience with uh, Drew Brees, right? So I'm sure they they touched on that, but uh, no, it's it's really I mean I can't again loss of words to, to describe how cool it is to be able to witness.
0: You know what I've thought of a lot lately was you guys hired Robert Sala in January 2021. That first training camp, joint practices with the Packers. Of course, Rodgers on the other side at that moment. But can you talk about the transformation of the roster?
1: It's got to be like plus 95% since then. Yeah, I was just talking to Seth about it. I I don't know the exact numbers, but they're significant. With with the number of draft picks that we've had over the last couple of classes alone, and how that that has changed, and with the undrafted free agents that we added, in addition to the the pro free agents that we've added, there's you know a tur- ton of turnover. It's just kind of the way the this day and age is is right now in the league right. with the uh, the free agents and the one year deals, and, and so guys are moving around more frequently than ever before. But yeah, the the turnover has been huge, and we went from being. You know, last year had a significantly young team, and that 2021 team is we made the transition from 2020. And then this year, I think we, we've transitioned into more balanced in terms of the younger guys who are now in either year two or year three, and also infusing them with the, uh, with the free agents that we've added and the vet experience and leadership that we've added on both sides of the ball.
0: Well, 95% is probably a stretch, but it's a ton. Mm-hmm. When you hire a new coach, a new coaching staff, you know it's going to take time. And you guys also embrace the youth process. Were you thinking all along year three? I mean, obviously you want to win every game. Uh, And and you come out that first year and you play young guys all over the place. You win four games. Then last Mm -hmm. year you see you guys take the next step, almost doubled your win total. You were positioned to make the playoffs. You probably make the postseason, had not. A number of injuries right. occurred down the stretch, but with that being said, uh, you know, and you've been doing it for a long time. You've been part of rebuilds. Yeah. You're thinking, yeah. you, you
1: knew it was going to take some time, exactly. But but you never want to say the, the mantra of wait till next year. Yeah, I mean, everybody wants to win now. That's the expectations for for us. That's the expectations for the organization. That's the expectations for the fan base, and we do want to win now. We always want to win now, and we're we're going to focus on that. But we have to have to adapt. And, you know, when there when there's turnover in the coaching staff, whether or not it's head coach or coordinator, there's always going to be attrition because there's going to be a change of philosophy. Offensively, defensively, whether or not if you switch a coordinator, there's going to be some some changes that occur. So we have to adjust with that. And then we have to to build and add according to those changes that we need to make. And I think we've done a a really good job of that and how we've composed a roster and how we're gonna continue to try and build. And we're always looking to add and always looking to upgrade the talent. Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. WinBet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The Winbet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on Winbet's book or casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on Winbet's sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry
0: for every $100 you wager. That's why it's so unique, the position you guys are in, because you do have the continuity in staff as far as Brant Boyer returns a special teams coordinator. You see Jeff Albrecht, a of defense that made a tremendous leap in 2022. And then offensively, you have a coordinator who comes in with his system who has succeeded at the highest level with your new quarterback. So this is not – most of the time when you're thinking about teams – Having new coordinators, this is entirely new. But you guys, it won't be for you guys.
1: Yeah, the systems are very similar. Yeah, with what he's come, Green Bay, and what he used in Denver, Uh, the terminology might be a little bit different, but the concepts are are very similar. And then with with Todd Downing and and Keith Carter coming from from Tennessee, they have ran a very similar system, very similar style. And we're going to help that helps and eases the transition for everybody with the new coaching staff, with the players who who have been here and the guys who have been in those systems before as a player or coach coming in. And it helps because it hopefully speeds up the process because of the communication that goes on in the position rooms with the coaches and then on the field uh, with the players and their familiarity.
0: Can we go back to last January? Obviously, this is a win business, but NFL honors. When you see Sauce Gardner grab Defensive Rookie of the Year honors, Garrett Wilson grab Offensive Rookie of the Year honors, how much pride did you guys take in that, and as an organization? Because obviously, you guys brought them in here. The scouting staff and then the coaching staff has to help them develop and go to the next level.
1: Yeah, it, it was it was special, man. It, it it again our our it goes to our player personnel department and the job that the college scouts do on the road, the uh, the job that everybody else does in house with with their evaluations and the communication. To identify and find the guys that that fit us, like what we want with the character, the off-field and the on-field performance, the guys that that we want, uh, it was it was special. It's you know, again, it's only happened three times since I think they tracked it in 1970. So a lot of it goes back to to what we did and how we added and. Yeah, not only those two guys, but, but the other guys, too. The way, the way Brees was performing before the injury, Jermaine Johnson, and then Max Mitchell and Michael Clemens, and those guys as a group, the, the performance, how they over expectations was, was awesome. But, it, again, it goes back to the relationship between player personnel and the coaching staff of, hey, this is our vision of who we want. This is a vision of the type of player we want. Right.
0: I want to talk to you about some free agents. but Since the draft just happened last weekend – Thoughts on 15, Will McDonald. Uh, a lot of people externally are like, why are you guys getting another edge? But when you listen to Robert talk and Joe talk, you got some insight on where they're thinking. It, from a scouting view, what do you like most about McDonald?
1: Just on the philosophy of it, with yep. it, it's the O-line and D-line. Th- those are going to be the engines of our team on both sides of the ball. We're, we're always going to want to, on offense, we're going to want to protect first, and we're going to add, want to add playmakers. On defensively, we're always going to want to rush and we're always going to want to cover. So as as you know, Joe, that you know, being a former offensive lineman, he has no problem adding the offense alignment and he knows the value of the defensive lineman in the pass rush. So really we we just trusted the board. Uh, you know, we are there at 15 with the with the flip. And uh so we just let it come to us. And we had our eye on on Will. Uh, we identified him as a really natural pass rusher. Uh, he's got great size. He's got great athletic ability and length for a player of his size, and a really natural ability to to trim the edge and bend the corner as a pass rusher. Yeah, we're going to move him outside more consistently as a as a nine technique, and use him as a wide nine, and and use all of his traits and kind of get it out of his body. What when he was inside, a little pinched more as a four eye at Iowa State, he didn't always get that that opportunity because of the alignment. But uh, we're excited, man. We're excited to add another wave, another guy who's going to play a significant amount of time and add to our rush and what we need. And you know, Aaron Whitecotton loves adding that group and having different waves, as you've seen. So, guys are going to be fighting for playing time, which, yeah. is, which is a good good problem to have.
0: I made the argument that this was tied directly to Rodgers because, yes, you could say it's indirect because he's playing on the defensive side of the ball. But the thing that Joe Robert talked about is we anticipate we're going to play fourth quarter leads next year and we want to get to the head of the snake as Robert always says, and that's the quarterback. This guy got to the quarterback as well as anybody in this draft class, 42 uh, tackles for loss, 34 sacks, big 10 record. And then can you speak to how he can help you guys close games? We see the 10 force fumbles as well.
1: Yeah, obviously we have to get leads and build those (laughs) going into the fourth quarter. Uh, So hopefully we'll be able to do that, but our philosophy is going to be we've got to get after the quarterback. We've got to get off the field in passing situations. We've got to get off the field in third down. Uh, And Will has shown not only his ability to, to cause pressure to hit the quarterback, but to make sacks. And not only that, like you talked about, it, either the ten force fumbles. There's an art to that, yeah, in the timing of it, and being able to locate the ball and, and strip it or force it out and generate the turnovers because it gives us another opportunity to put the ball back in Aaron in the offense's hands, and that's what we're always going to look to do on defense. Joe Tipman, is that unique for a six foot six guy with
0: that reach to have the kind of feet he does?
1: Yeah, it it is, and and I I think that's why what led us to taking him were with, with those traits of Joe because uh, he's typically taller than a than your normal center would be or you know the the prototypical center throughout you know the career of the NFL or time in the NFL but Joe has a unique ability at his size to bend and change directions and the way he moves and run and can get in space uh, for what we're going to do in the run game is going to be truly helpful for us. Uh, how he moves in pass protection is another thing with that size and the ability to move his feet and match movement is, is key. And while being able to do that at six six, three hundred and fifteen 315 or 315 plus is, is a good good problem to have,
0: and you got to be a good player to wear a mullet like he does. Oh yeah, it, it, yeah. He's a good player uh, coming right from Wisconsin. Potentially, you could have a former Packer quarterback taking the ball from Tipman on opening day. We'll have to see how that competition plays out. Okay, yeah. You stick it on the offensive side of the ball, Carter Warren, mm-hmm. local kid, Patterson Jersey of Patterson, New Jersey, play predominantly. I guess he played solely
1: left tackle a pit. but do you guys project him as a, as a swing in the next Yeah, level? that was the value of him is his ability to pass protect yep. and being on the left side of the ball, but he's got size and the strength and the ability to handle the right side if we need it because of the pass, pass protection value. Again, it was a situation where, hey, we, we've got to protect and we've got to add playmakers, and we knew we wanted to do that. But at that point in the draft of where the board fell and the way t- offensive tackles were coming off the board, uh, we felt really good about the value of Carter at that point and, and and took him there in the fourth.
0: Hey, so after Friday night concludes, do you and Joe and the guys huddle up and say, you know what,
1: doing good so far. We got to get some more picks. <laughs> yeah, that that was one of the things because the phone didn't really ring really? on day one and day two. And there were no viable options really and legit options for us to be to be able to move back. And so that's why we, we made the picks that we did when we did. But, but yeah, we, we even talked about it jokingly. It was like, were our phones broken? Is there something going on <laughs> with the, the new phone system? And uh, so, you know, we talked about it that night about, hey, we, you know, we'd like to get some more picks and and to do that. And we, we again talked about it again Saturday morning before the draft. And, you know, we, we had a plan that if teams were calling, we'd be open. And, and we were able to get those two extra picks and felt great about it.
0: You guys are crushing value with the running backs in the draft. You get Brees Hall last year in the second round. You move up in the fifth round this year. Is he a mm-hmm. from Pittsburgh? Yeah. Are, are you a Brooklyn, sho- Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn kid? Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: exactly. Are you yeah.
0: shocked when he's on the board in round five?
1: We were shocked. Yeah. We, Cause we thought he would go in, in the, at least on Friday night, he'd, he'd be off the board by then. Uh, you know, probably one of the top 100 type players. And so, yeah. So, when he's sitting there in, in day three, we, Oh man, he'll, he'll be gone before we pick. And th- then the situation unfolded with the offensive alignment and the tackles. And so we made the move to Carter, but then as we saw him fall down the board and he's such a good fit for the run game that we want and the offensive scheme that we have in mind and what his, he did production wise at, at Pitt, And, you know, with his speed when he hits the second and third level, the kid's acceleration and top end speed is is awesome. So felt just like we got a gift sitting in the fifth. Can you speak to why he is a perfect fit for this system? Yeah, because he's uh, in terms of the outside zone, yep. you want guys who who have the patience to string it out on an outside zone once they see a crease or once they see the hole, can stick their foot in the ground, make one cut and then accelerate and outrun you know, outrun the defense and outrun the leverage, and that's what he brings.
0: Uh, Robert said after the draft, you got a lot of gas in that running back room. You yeah. really do. I mean, yeah. he's talking about how Brees Hall is looking very good on his comeback as far as what he's been doing off-season workouts. Michael Carter, you picked yeah. up Zonovan Bam Knight last year, on mm-hmm. drafted free agent. He performed well for you. Yeah. He got strength in numbers.
1: Yeah, we feel good about it, especially after the draft and and where that, that room is looking. And we always want to add guys with, with speed or unique skill sets like Michael Carter has in yep. terms of Michael's quickness, his change of direction, uh, his all three down ability and his ability to stop, start, contact balance. So he's a little bit different than the other guys, but I think you always want to have you know, not only fastballs, but you want to have an off-speed pitch too.
0: What about the other three guys? on uh, to conclude the draft it, 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 what jumps out sure. at you about those guys and do you talk about the freak factor as far as your last draft back sure sure so
1: <laughs> yeah next with uh, Zaire Barnes yep. was a guy that uh, our scouts identified um in terms of the traits that we talk about that, that fit our defense and, and fit the mold of what we want in a linebacker and uh steegs went through western Michigan and and Talked about this guy and how he'd be a great fit because we want guys with, with speed, toughness, instincts, and length, and and Zaire hit hit those, and uh, we were able to see it and see him during the fall, uh, All Star Games, and then he shows um you know he didn't go to the combine which right. was was a little shocking for us but we, we knew we were going to bring him in on a thirty visit, and uh, we really enjoyed him on the thirty visit. He was a great fit for us, you know, defensively, great fit for us again with the character and the. Did that counter. help
0: you that he? Didn't go to the combine. Yeah,
1: I think it, I think it does. Yeah. And the the next guy we're going to talk about, yeah. uh, Jarek Bernard Converse, didn't go to to the combine as well, um, but but tested the, off the charts. You know, really high level tester in terms of his speed, explosiveness, and vertical jumps, and the change of direction. So you know, when when you're looking at those guys later on in the draft, you want to identify like, hey, where where are some guys with some high end traits that can offset maybe something they're they're lacking in either experience or one area of their their physical development that they still have some upside and so Zaire still has that uh JBC still has that and then and then Zach Kuntz when getting to him in, in the seventh round very unique guy being six seven plus 250 pounds plus and test and run and move the way that he did and you know, obviously with our tight end situation, we're, we're at a great point with what we have in terms of depth and, and youth and vets. And at seventh round, when you see those traits at that size, let's take a shot. So swung the bat on on Zach and uh, feel good about what he's going to bring and, and how unique of an athlete at his size he is.
0: JBC. I, I call him a defensive back. Are you guys going to start him out at safety and he's got some n- nickel ability, or what do you foresee? Yeah,
1: especially, you know, he's been a, he's been a nickel. He's been an outside corner. He's been a safety um, during his career at Oklahoma State before he went to LSU, and LSU like to move their guys around. And that showed the position versatility that we like. You know, we, we have guys on, on third down at free safety who we want to roll down and play, play in that, a big nickel role and match up. Uh, whether or not it's a tight end or a slot receiver. And their added value of being a previous outside corner who sh- demonstrated the be- ability to play man coverage like he has was, was a no brainer for us at that point of the draft with his versatility. Can you talk,
0: uh, we're talking about value, Chuck Clark, seventh round pick yeah. in 2024. Can you talk about the process of acquiring
1: him? Yeah. We, you know, we had, we had heard um, in communications that that he was, was coming available and, you know, he, i can't remember the total number of games he started. I don't think he's missed a snap in the last three games. So he's been an Ironman for him. Right. Um, and a lot of us had gone through Virginia Tech when he was when he was there and coming out. And the you know Chad's experience with being being there at Baltimore and, and knowing how the the guy is wired and what he brings from a leadership, what he brings on the field. He's a great fit for us, man. It'd tag him up with with Jordan Whitehead and Tony Adams and Ashton Davis and Will Parks. It was it was great for us.
0: Intangibles and, off the charts, absolutely. It, and like you mentioned, the durability. They draft Hamilton last year. Signed Marcus Williams or free agency. Yeah. Chuck Clark was never off the field. No, he he still had
1: a great role for yeah. him, man, and and played a lot and was a great teammate. And that's all we had heard. Like this guy's a consummate teammate. He's got a leadership and he's a real dude at the end of the day, like on the field and off the field. And that holds weight when, when you hear that about a guy and what he's going to bring and, and add for the substance of a, of a locker room and a position room. You mentioned T.A. That's
0: one of the guys you told me to watch out for last year as yeah. far as undrafted free agents are concerned. Um, what do you think about him in year one and what his future might look like?
1: Yeah, he just, he just worked his butt off from day one. And he had a uh, had a mission uh, to come in and, and take somebody's job, and and not only that, but to develop each day. And and TA does it the right way, man. He he's been here all the time in the off season. The guy's as diligent in his daily approach on the field and off the field, and he's he's showing what when you have talent and an overachieving mindset, how you can break through the glass of whatever your ceiling is and or whatever you're projected. And yeah, I give yeah just whatever kudos to to ta or whatever you want to say man that that guy he's earned every bit of it love it uh you've worked with a ton of
0: coaches in your tenure uh in the national football league heck it's unique isn't he? yeah And, yeah, and, and has he been fun for you guys to work with as far as what he likes his system um his flexibility in the way he approaches everything
1: yeah, he keeps it light, man. It, it's great. Cause the banter of movie quotes that go back and forth with him were awesome. And he's got a huge appreciation for it like we all do. Um, so that keeps it light. But he, he just got a, a great ability too. you know, how Aaron connects. He's got a way to connect with with guys, connect with the staff. And he's connected with us and player personnel and about what his vision is for players and what fits and what works. So it, it's great, man. It, it comes in with a big smile on his face, and he's always got a, a one-liner or a joke to crack. And you know, players are are talking about it too and and how it, his personality shines through in, in their meetings with him.
0: I was talking to him about this the other day, but how valuable it can not only Rodgers be on the field, but some of these recent acquisitions, whether it be Tim Boyle in the quarterback yeah. room or Billy Turner up front or – Alan Lazard in the receiver room and
1: now Randall Cobb as well. Yeah, again, it's a that familiarity yeah. that they have with the system. Uh the familiarity with with Aaron, uh, the way they've done things in in Green Bay or Denver with with Billy being there in Denver with Hackett. So it's great because they can give them all the tidbits of or the terminology difference. So uh, one of the receivers was giving me like talking about how Tim Boyle the first day he was out there, he was like, No, no, no this is what you guys had last year right? because he's been in both systems and he was like, no, this is what it is. And, and correlated it to him. And they were like, Oh yeah. And then they go into the position room afterwards. And uh, so Hackett was detailing it. And I guess he, he looked back and they were like, man, he's spot on. He he knew, he knew exactly how Hackett wanted to say it and what it, how the conversion terminology wise, what it meant. So it's cool just to give you a little insight on the value.
0: I love that. that. You came close to getting a ring in Chicago. Yeah, close. L- lost title game to Manning. Actually, getting yeah, back, getting yeah. back to Peyton Manning. Have you thought, looking at this roster? I know you guys take it at a day at a time, a transaction at a sure. time. What, what potentially this
1: team could be? Yeah, you you always try and stay in the moment e, of like, hey, what's what's our next step? What's what do we need to do that? This day, what do we need to do this next week, and and look just for an farther enough ahead to to keep it like logical without without changing your expectations. But you know it's it's there, it's there in the distance. So I think if you focus on what we're doing day to day, week to week, month to month, that that will take care of itself the first, throughout the season.
0: The first thing Joe Douglas said when he was hired as GM, he said, "I want to create the best culture in professional sports." when you walk around these offices every day or you go out there on the field is there that sense that hey listen we we got something building here and it could be very special
1: yeah and and guys who came in on free agent visits who who didn't sign here would would communicate about man that that place it's different it, it's not the same old jets which you know you get tired of hearing that but yeah it's not it's not man you you step into this building you feel the energy and the excitement of, of what the team has and the relationships that are that are developing in all levels of the building that translates to the field and that's when when you're around teams that that have that and that connection those relationships that when that's when it grows and that's when it builds and that's when you when you get the product on the field that you want all right, this
0: is cool. You got a vacation plan for a June post a veteran oh, mini camp. I'll
1: just let Christy tell me uh which where yeah. we're going for youth sports throughout the summer. So, you know, between my daughter McKenna and, and her sports and my son Ryan and my daughter Aaron, we there's some weekends where we just all all three uh, will go different directions. So just with the, the sports. So we've built our, our summer vacations around youths youth sports so to speak so well you're loving that and also yeah.
0: uh one Judge drive we're gonna see the dogs again this year we, we don't yeah,
1: know yeah and knox doing great man yeah. they're just they're wrecking shop tearing up the yard tearing up the house so christy does a good job of of keeping them in line but they're they're fun man i would love to get the dogs back on there they're grown they're huge they're they're just again wrecking shop and chasing cars and chasing people in the front yard sounds so, good thanks yeah. brother appreciate it